Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. Four teams remain to decide who will make it to this year's Super Bowl after one of the most, if not the most, thrilling two-day weekends of a divisional round that we've ever seen. And the Major League Baseball writers get it wrong again. What else is new with that? But we have to start with the National Football League, despite our love for baseball, because not one, not two, not three, to quote the former Miami Heat big three, All four games were some of the most thrilling football games you can imagine. Each one coming down to the last play, one more thrilling than the next. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I don't have the best of memories. You are the old report and serve as the mind and the stats and the knowledge of this show. So to start things off in general, I must ask, where does this rank as far as the weekend's worth of games and then the close of the games with the Bills and Chiefs heading into overtime and one of the most thrilling finishes you'll see between two, probably, future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, an exclamation point to the weekend, everyone seemingly saying this was the best weekend of football we've ever seen. Who better to ask than someone that has watched 50-plus years' worth of these types of games? First of all, big fella, uh, we hope everybody got to enjoy all those games as much as we did. We hope everybody is safe. We hope everybody's sound. What we had was the comeback from the prior hideous weekend where we had a lot of crappy football because we had the extra teams. This weekend, as we talked about last week, we cleaned up the crap. We had everybody ready to go, and the eight teams that should have been there were there. These were the best eight teams. You want to make the argument for Dallas? You can make it, but it's going to fall on deaf ears because they stunk. They got dominated by San Francisco. All eight of these teams deserve to be there, and all eight of these teams played like they deserve to be there, with the possible exception of Tennessee, who wound up being in the game even though they were mediocre at best. I got the benefit of a huge call, which I thought was a bad call, which really flipped the game. But in my 50 plus years in my 55 years of watching postseason National Football League play. This was the greatest weekend ever. Were they the four greatest games ever? No, no. But we had the first three come down to walk off kicks, all in regulation. And then it was finished off by, I sat down and I went through them and I would have to probably put it as one of my all-time top five postseason NFL games. And it ended in a duel between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in what I believe, as I said to Christopher Russo a couple days ago, was the likes of which we will never see again because it was two young quarterbacks at the top of their games, in their primes, athletically. Not just from a standpoint of throwing the ball, but their athleticism, their running ability, their ability to make people miss, their ability to scramble, avoid rushers, avoid linebackers, avoid defensive backs, juking, zigging, zagging, keeping plays alive and throwing, keeping plays alive with their legs, designed runs, Fourth down conversions, I believe it was the most phenomenal, outrageous, incredibly gifted, athletic quarterback battle we have and will ever see because they both were at the top of their games. They were both magnificent. They were both brilliant. 
They were the two best players on the field. It wasn't close. And the guy who got the ball first slash last wound up winning the duel in a tremendous football game. And you felt for Buffalo because they didn't get a chance to get the ball because of the rules designed the way they are. We know that it was eventually changed when all you needed was a field goal. So you had to score a touchdown to win the game. Now you've got that. But the problem is this. And, you know, I don't want to just stop them, just stop them, just stop them, just stop them. I'm the old report. The game has changed. It has changed dramatically. The rules have resulted in such a difficult time for defenses to contain offenses. And what you had in that last game was two exhausted defenses because you have not just defensive linemen. You have defensive linemen, linebackers, and defensive backs running all over the field trying to run guys down. The defensive linemen and the linebackers are trying to chase the quarterback. Or they're trying to chase the running backs either on running plays or out in the flat or over the middle receiving. The defensive backs are chasing receivers all over the field. And remember, it's not like my day where you could chuck guys. You could bump them all the way down the field. You could maintain a safe distance. You can't do that anymore. After five yards, all bets are off. You can't touch a guy and he can run away from you. And if you touch him, if you touch him after five yards, it's a penalty. Guys are gassed. And when they are trying to chase these guys down, especially with these quarterbacks, add to the game in terms of their maneuverability, their escapability, and their athleticism, it becomes impossible for defenses to stay off the field. And when they do get off the field, they're exhausted. And then their team goes out and scores, and they got to get right back on the field. And the way that game ended in regulation, neither defense had anything left to give. They could not stop a strong wind because they were winded. They were exhausted. They were shot. That's a really good Bills defense. They had no chance. And the Kansas City defense, the Bills went through them like a knife going through hot butter. The Bills scored twice too fast. I turned to my son after the first touchdown with under two minutes to go, I said, you may see two more scores. I was wrong. There were three. What marred the game? The incredibly moronic decision to not either squib kick or pooch kick the last kickoff with 13 seconds left to take up some time. I was never a fan of squib kicks. Never, ever, ever. Always hated them. They wind up at the 40-yard line. Kick it out of the end zone, but not now. Not against Mahomes, not against those receivers. It was, and we'll get to what I think they should have done later on after it was first and 10 from the 25. But I sincerely do believe it was the best weekend of uh, conference semifinals as a group that we've ever seen. And I've seen some great ones where there were two and three, but never four. Never four. Not anyone. Not, the first three were all great games, but they were greatly competitive games, which is what you want to see. They weren't works of art, especially the first one. Uh, Tennessee was just, I mean, they're, they're tough to watch. Burrow sacked nine times. Uh, and then at night, no offensive touchdowns for San Francisco. We'll get to Rodgers. Uh, but incredibly competitive. Down to the last tick. Walk-off field goal, just like the prior game. And then the end of time, Brady. And the rise of the Rams. And finally, Matt Stafford comes up huge in a playoff game and picks his team up off the mat after they almost gave the game away. And then it finishes with a classic. I would say my only complaint, if there was one of the four, is, as you mentioned, the first two games were either defensive battles or why can't the offense do anything type games. When you get sacked nine times, if you're Joe Burrow, but you're still there with a chance to win the game and then do, you can't say enough about the shame of the Tennessee Titans offense for not being able to find a way to win that football game. I don't know how healthy Derrick Henry was. Foreman did completely fine as an alternate, broke a big run at one point. Some of the play calling was incredibly head scratching. I texted you on the third and one, sneaking it with your quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Where's somebody? Where's ball we're going to run, we're going to run an option. You know, the, the love affair with Mike Vrabel, it, it's funny. Mike McCarthy gets ripped to shreds by everybody on the planet. Be it clock management, play calling, 
But, you know, the young studs, the young flyboys, when they have brutal games, you know, Vrabel was awful. It was terrible. It was a joke. And then he's throwing the ball into a crowd on the last possession on third and long when the quarterback was already throwing two bad interceptions. Throw the ball to the sideline. Throw the ball to your best receiver. Tannehill puts the ball in harm's way. And then they give up the play to chase. Game over. But the play calling, the third one call, ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then the predictable fourth and right. Going for two? Instead of taking the lead, 7-6 is a penalty, puts you half the distance to the goal. Take the bits to playoffs. If you haven't fucking learned, all right, take, it's, it's the playoffs. Take the points. Take the points. Points win. Oh, if they kicked that extra point, they would have won. Would it have happened that way? Who knows? They were lucky to be that close. I still believe that was not an interception. I thought sure that was going to be overturned. That point of that ball hit the ground as he was catching it. There's no, I thought it was inter- uh, incomplete in real time. I still think it was incomplete. That flipped the game. That flipped the game. That put them in the game. Because they're off, they, they, they made one play all day, which was the touchdown after that, the one-handed catch by Brown. T- Hill was abysmal. Awful. Awful. Play calling, awful. You sacked the quarterback nine times and you couldn't win the game. It was brutal to watch. You're just screaming at your TV to do something. Do something. And even though I'm a Raven fan, I'm, I'm rooting for Joe B. The one flaw, his one flaw, Joe, obviously throw it away, but stop, stop turning your back to the pass rush thinking you can get away. Right. Go down. Instead, seven, eight, nine yards, they turned into 15-yard sacks. Don't turn your back, Joe, and think you can outrun these guys. Just go down. Give it up. Or please, throw it away. But, you know, nothing phases him. Nothing phases him. Saturday was a perfect example of that because, obviously, he was under constant, constant siege. But no matter what, he kept his poise. Interception was not his fault. It was a perfect throw right off the running back's hands that turned into the interception that I did not think was an interception. And he made great throws, including the last one to chase, which was a great throw in a huge spot and sets up his young teammate uh, from Florida, who looks like the next great young kicker in the NFL, who had a great day and never a doubt banged it through and they're on their way to Kansas city. But I thought Vrabel was abysmal, absolutely abysmal. Uh, You know, we fall in love with these coaches when, when they do some nice things, but the young, good looking guys, we don't want to, we don't want to criticize them. Let's rip Mike. Let's rip, let's rip the overweight Mike McCarthy to shreds, but you know, never the flyboys, never Shanahan, right? Never McVay, never Vrabel. They go dumb just like everybody else, just like everybody else. And he had a hideous game. Hideous. He had him and his quarterback were the two worst guys on the field. We can't say it enough on this show come postseason time that you have to, score three touchdowns. I don't care how you get there, but that's what your box score at least has to start with. Three touchdowns. Titans couldn't do it. And then our favorite team on this show, the Green Bay Packers, had their NFC championship meltdown one week early because Aaron Rodgers in the postseason can't score three touchdowns. He can't do it. He refuses to do it. His career has been marked by it since they got to their lone Super Bowl a dozen years ago. They fly down the field to open the game and score, and you think, all right, here we go. Just put your foot on their neck and keep it there. I know the 49ers have a great defense, but this is what y'all wanted. Home field, Lambeau, snow's coming. Jimmy G can't throw a touchdown. Literally, no pun intended. He hasn't thrown a touchdown. Constant pressure. Defense did a great job. You got the defense. We're all set. There's only the one thing to maybe have to worry about, and we've said it on this show. We're not the only ones. Everybody knows it. It's the special teams. First, it was Mason Crosby in midseason, missing kicks left and right. Then it was punt protection, et cetera. Maybe that's going to be something that they have to keep an eye on. Lo and behold, that's exactly what ended up costing them the football game. But... 
it's not like the 49ers ended up dropping 30 because of it. They were lucky to get to 13. Returning a blocked punt that flew up into the heavens for seemingly hours before falling down right near the end zone to be scooped up and scored for a touchdown. Dallas, it would have hit the gondola. That's right. The sun would have gotten everybody's eyes and it would have just bounced out of bounds. Packers would have been fine. So yes, special teams came to bite them. But you're Aaron freaking Rodgers as the Green Bay quarterback. You can score not three touchdowns. You can score two. You're going to be the two-time MVP, and you can't find a way to score two touchdowns? Are you fucking kidding me? This is your king, your goat, your greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers, and he can't score two touchdowns to be what backs up the special teams? Don't worry, fellas. I got your back. A ghost after that first drive. Three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. Punts, punts, punts. You had absolutely no faith that they were even going to get a first down. It wasn't like they were getting down to the goal line. Oh, the running back fumbled it, and that's the reason why we lost that drive. Or, oh, this happened, and unfortunately we took a big sack. They couldn't even get a first down for most of their drives. It's one of the worst postseason performances he could have had. And the sad part is, if you've been listening to the show, if you've been watching him play, this is who he is. There's no shock. You shouldn't be aghast. This is what happens to Aaron Rodgers in the postseason. It just happened a week earlier than we thought it would. I'm not surprised, but this is just preposterous that this keeps happening. I understand how good the 49ers defense is, but you're Aaron fucking Rodgers. You can't figure out the 49ers defense in four quarters? You had the one drive that you probably drew up with the floor that Kyle Shanahan loves to do. Here's 20 plays, bing, bang, boom, down the field, touchdown. And then after that, what happened? Did you just shut the switch off? Did you take the batteries out? Somebody blow on the game and put it back in the council, Al. What happens? Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. My sixth all-time rated quarterback, ready to pass Marino. The guy who, despite what he did during the regular season, off the field, which incurred my wrath, who I've called the best quarterback alive, could no longer wear that moniker. That's how far he dropped in my eyes with that performance. He wasn't bad. He was mediocre against a really good defense. His team should have won the game. Could have won the game. Special teams were hideous. Not his fault. In the past, Green Bay has gotten beat. They got outplayed by San Francisco. They got outplayed by Tampa Bay. They didn't get outplayed in this game. They gave this game away. Their defense was great. Their defense dominated. San Francisco hit nothing. Field goal, block punt. And he could muster nothing except the drive. The end of the first half for a missed field goal. Again, special teams, not Crosby's fault. Blocked almost off his foot. And then the second half, nothing. Nothing. A couple first downs here and there. Nothing. Just zoning in on the same two receivers, refusing to look elsewhere. Under pressure, but not making plays. Not finding a way. Yes, tight end, drop one wide open over the middle. That happens. Find a way. Find a way. And I think more than anything else, you know, I've said in the past, you know, I, I last year against Tampa, you got to try and run that ball. He pulled up. And then this year against the Cardinals, I said, all right, I'm never going to accuse him of not having the guts to go for it again when he lowered his shoulder at the five-yard line and tried to barrel over three guys. 
and didn't even think about sliding, didn't even think about going at first. He lowered his shoulder and tried to run guys over. Two, three guys at the goal line. Got stopped at the one. Said, all right, he's won me over. I never say that again. His last possession, it almost looked, and as, as I said the other night on the radio, of course I know he wants to win. Of course I know he's competing. Of course I know he cares. But it almost looked like when he went deep to Adams, it was, I don't want to call it a give up throw, but it was, a, let me see what, let me see if, if, if you know, I get an interference call, let me see. He wasn't open. He was double covered. He threw in a clear double coverage. And you know, let, let me see if there's a chance. It, it almost looked like a wing and a prayer. You know, when he had Lazar wide open over the middle, wide open for the first down, that's the play you got to make. The great, the truly great quarterback, the man for all seasons, regular and post, makes the throw to Lazar for the first down. And Rodgers has made those throws. The throw he made against Dallas out of nowhere in the postseason, the year they left everything on the field against Dallas and then went in and got throttled by Atlanta when they just got overwhelmed. The throw he made against Dallas under pressure, deep down the left sideline, the brilliant throw to pull the game out of the fire. It's there. We've seen it. But in these last few years, as great as he's been in the regular season, he simply has not done it in the postseason. He simply has not done it in the postseason on a consistent basis to get his team to the big game. One Super Bowl is one more than most guys have. One Super Bowl is more than most guys have ever played it. One Super Bowl is what most guys would love to have. The reason Dan Marino's not any higher is because he only went to one and lost it. And Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any higher on the list until he goes to another one. At least goes to another one. You can't put him out of Manning. You can't put him out of Elway. Obviously, you can't put him out of Marino. Excuse me, out of Montana and ahead of Brady. You want to put him out of Marino? That's your choice. I still don't have him out of Marino. Only went to one. But the point is, it was all there. Again, we said last year, if not now, when? They would have had the Rams coming into the cold. All right there for him. And again, another young flyboy coach who couldn't come up with a way to have his special teams not lose the game and couldn't find a way for his hot shot offense to give his quarterback some time to throw and design something that might be a little more successful. Oh, but look but, at the numbers, Al, how great they are in the regular season. It, the most winningest falls. franchise in three years. It falls, as we've said, and everybody else says. Quarterback gets too much of the credit. Quarterback gets too much of the blame. It's falling on Rodgers. You're the MVP. Got to find a way. Got to find a way to get your team down that field. At least, at least, maybe, maybe the special teams flub again, but at least get yourself in position for the game-winning field goal. Your defense was fabulous. They were terrific. They dominated the line of scrimmage, and then Shanahan calls a run on third long. Samuel gets it. And all reliable Robbie Gold knocks it through. Let's start with the Packers. If you are a Packer fan, do you want him back? With or without his favorite receiver? I don't know how at this point you could still be backing Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Because the story is already written year after year after year. How many times do you think it's going to change? Twice? Five times? Ten times, Al? You can't even get to the Super Bowl. Year after year, you have to put up with what Aaron Rodgers is saying as a person, the talk radio talking about then, how great the Packers are because of what they're doing in the regular season, winning his franchise in three years, Matt LaFleur, the boy wonder, Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, blah, blah, blah. And then the postseason comes and the rug gets pulled out from underneath you before you could blink. Why would you keep doing that to yourself? That's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over and over again with the same results. Can't make that argument. Why, if you're a fan, though, it, why would you want to put hard. up with that every year? It's hard to win. It's hard to win Super Bowls. Do you want to rebuild? Telling me that you know, Bob Butterbean Love is the answer? What's his first name again? Jordan Love. You're telling me that's the answer? No, it's absolutely probably not the answer. Or, or, or are you going to trade Rodgers? What do you do with this guy? 
bring in another quarterback to put in front of him and have him sit and not, not play it down for three years? Oh, that's right. Well, he did play it down. He played a game. He played one of the worst games in the history of the sport against Kansas City where he looked like he belonged on the field. But it's only one game. It happens. So when is he going to get his chance? If you're going to let Aaron Rodgers go you know, via trade, what do you do? You sit down, work out a trade. It's the age-old question as a fan, right? Would you rather get to the championship of your respective sport a lot and always lose or try and start over and see if that's what happens? Telling me that's my only choice and that's what's going to happen. I don't know that's what's going to happen. Yes, it's happened continually, but he did go to one and win it. So it's not like it's not possible. It's hard to do. Should he have played it? Should they have played in more Super Bowls? Yes. Absolutely. They've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They've been to three Super Bowls. They've won two. Who else is over there? That's your biggest challenge. Everybody good's over in the AFC. The division is theirs for the taking. You're guaranteed a postseason spot every year. No question. You just have to go through the path that's handed to you. And, that's and you're why the best I think person he, in the path. That's why I think he's foolish to leave. The good thing for it is he was able to find a scapegoat for it all in the special teams and the fact that fans were watching him wanting him to lose because of what he said about the vaccine. He's gotten support worldwide. He's gotten support worldwide. No, you're not on social media, but the night after the loss, it was a joyous occasion. The jokes that were being made, the comparisons, the memes on social media after him losing, some of the best work that's ever been done in social media sports history. We'll just say that. And then you have the seven-time Super Bowl champ with rumblings of his retirement. Now, remember, on this program, AWP, who, by the way, could not be hotter, 9-1 in the postseason against the number and outright. My one loss was Green Bay to come, win and cover, of course. Gave you 31-13 Rams. And, boy, I was sitting there, the toast of the East Coast. I was feeling strong. I was like, even after the fumble, the end of the first half, they make it 27 to three. And this game is as Hawk Harrelson used to say. And then lo and behold, yeah, Tom Brady deflated one set of footballs. He must have greased this set because the Rams just forgot to hang on. They forgot to hang on. The cup fumble, the snap, another, another fumble by the running back who fumbles landing on his head by an inch before his head hits the ground at the end of the first half. And somehow, some way, the best cornerback in football decides, Mike Evans, just run right by. I'm tired. You know, I don't feel like defending. I'm not following you all the way down the field. Let me, like, look up, stop, see where the ball is, and let you blow by me. And it's 27-20. And then looks like he's running for the first down to end the game. And oh, that's a fun ball. And I, I'm I'm sitting on my couch. And I, I'm like, did this guy sell his soul to the devil? He's not even on the field. You know, in terms of within the boundaries. He's on the sidelines. And these things just keep happening. They just keep happening. And then it, it, it's 27 all. And somehow, some way, the Rams have given the game away. And Matthew Stafford, after a sack, his young stud fly boy coach says, I'm still going to show confidence in you. We're not going to take a knee, go to overtime, or throw in the ball. And even after the sack, Stafford does what his naysayers have said he's never been able to do. He puts his team on his shoulders, makes an unbelievable throw on second and 20, and it's Cooper Cup perfectly so he can get out of bounds. Then, obviously, the next play, Cup deep, winning field goal, and the Rams move on in a game that they should have won by 30 points, which they thoroughly dominated Tampa. They did what we always say you have to do. They knocked Brady on his ass. They pressured him the whole game. They sacked him. They forced fumbles. They forced interceptions. We'll give the old geezer the benefit of the doubt by bringing his team back that he was mediocre. Let's give him mediocre and railed him late, and that's the way we should remember Tom Brady. That's the way we should remember. He rallied his team from 27-3 to in the divisional round and got them back to a tie game 
in a game that looked like they were dead in the water, and then they got beat without him on the field. Not his doing. Tom, TB12, Tom the kid, take your seven Super Bowls, run like a thief of the night, stay safe, time for your wife, time for your kids. Get out now. Only going to get worse. They're capped out. Running it back didn't work. It's time to move on. I know the division stinks, and it's getting worse. By Sean Payton, Falcons stink. Flyboy coach in Carolina did nothing. So, you know, I mean, they could bring Jameis Winston back and win the division. Who knows? But the point is, it's time. It's time. You're not winning any more Super Bowls. And we know for sure you ain't getting any younger. It's time. Pack them up. Head home. Fond farewell. You proved everything there is to prove. You change conferences. You won without Belichick. There's nothing else left to do. It can only go downhill from here. End it on a high note. 27-3. Miracle comeback. Lost the game without you on the field. Two things surprised me from the afternoon. One was the comeback and what was looking like an epic collapse from the Los Angeles Rams, which would have somehow landed on the back of Matthew Stafford, as often does for postseason performance. And yeah, it wasn't his doing at all. Somebody put something on those footballs. People on social media were saying, this is how you know the NFL is rigged. Cup fumbling, I think, for the first time all season. Acres can't hold on to it. What's happening? Cats and dogs living together. Unfortunately for Tom Brady, it wasn't 28-3. to The number just being off by one didn't make the comeback happen. What surprised me was the collapse of the Rams, not the Tom Brady comeback, because we've seen that 7 billion times. And the other thing that surprised me was you need one stop to get the game into overtime. The Bucks send the house. And Matthew Stafford stands in there, throws a bomb, back foot, no fear, best receiver on the team. We're in field goal range. We spike it, game over. One of the best passes of his career, no question. And a head-scratching call on their defense to send the house on a blitz. What the hell are you doing? And they didn't all blitz. When you've had several miscues on defense in that game where guys are looking at each other, yelling at each other on the sideline, you were supposed to be my help, he was wide open. Now you're going to drop a blitz. Maybe that's why you're no longer the head coach of the New York Jets on the long list of reasons why. But for Stafford to make that pass, it was a middle finger to everybody that's ever said, he can't win games, he's terrible in the postseason, et cetera, et cetera. Fuck you guys. How's that? We're going to the NFC Championship game. thought it was a great moment for him. And as you mentioned for Brady, he can still play. He can still sling it. It's just a matter of now, does he really want to reach that number that he threw out, maybe as a joke, but maybe real serious, of 45? Does he want to be the quarterback that hits that number? Because he can still throw. He's fine. He's Mine is great. Everything looks okay. It wasn't him the reason why they lost. But as you mentioned, that team is going to be a shell of itself because this was the, we're running it back. We're doing whatever we have to do to win. It Kansas again city year. ran it back. It didn't work. They got to the super bowl. They got smoked. Yeah. I've told you, we've talked about this. We're going to run it back. We're going to run it back. Doesn't work. Never works. They need some fresh faces. Guys get a little fat. Guys get a little full of themselves. Guys want the big contracts, et cetera, et cetera. You find a way to pay everybody. You're way over the cap the next year. If you don't repeat, nobody ever does. Nobody's done it since Brady almost 20 years ago. And you see Not what happened this year. One injury to your best receipt, one of your best receivers. Offensive line. One thing changes. Another one of your receivers just leaves. All it takes is one small thing to butterfly effect to the entire season for you at the wrong point, And it's over. As you said, is it really worth it to come back? What are you going to win eight? Okay. <laughs> You're already there, man. I'm not sure there's no revenge because they there's won last year. Left. There's not a, well, there's we want to beat the chiefs. We got to beat the chiefs. It's a revenge tour. We got to make sure we beat them. You beat them. You won Super Bowl. 
There's only one thing. There's one thing left. Family. It's time. It's time. Your kids, your oldest kid's a teenager. How much longer are you going to do this? I'm sure they love watching you play. But they've seen you play. They're old enough to have seen you play and win. Now it's time for you to watch them play. Go home. I don't like the Patriots. I almost always rooted against Tom Brady. I saw what I needed to see. He got his ass knocked around. He threw some interceptions. He fumbled. But he came back, brought his team back. I respect greatness. And I got what I wanted to see the most they lost. I don't want to see him suck. I don't want to see him struggle. I don't want to see him flounder. I don't want to see him get knocked out. I don't want to see balls flutter. Because his arm's dead. Take it while you got it. You leave great. You lost, but you did everything you could. And that's all you can do. There's nothing else left. Zero. Winning eight, to me, is the same as winning seven. And the chances of winning eight are so infinitesimal versus the chance of you going out and having a bad year or getting hurt or looking bad. It's time to go. And you're not going to get remembered from this game in a negative light, as you've been saying. There's not a, well, he threw four interceptions. He got sacked seven times. He fumbled. Man, he just didn't have it. It's he led the comeback, and Matt Stafford made an incredible pass, and the Rams went on a game-winning field goal. They beat the Titan. There you go. What a way to go out, if that's how you decide to go out. Because while people would relish in a, a just good Tom Brady, a beatable Tom Brady, a 9-7, and seven, switch the numbers around for the extra game, Tom Brady, if you take a step back and look at it 20 years from now, I wasn't around to really be paying much attention when Joe Montana left to keep that going, although he did lead the Chiefs to the postseason. But I see it in baseball, and I've seen it with my favorite players, where you just stir around for maybe one or two years too long, and when they come up to the plate, it's like, oh, boy, hold on to your hats because we're not sure if he's even going to make contact. And this guy's playing quarterback. This, this is playing quarterback. You're taking every snap. One wrong move. You're in the midst. Of, you're in the middle of every play. No mas. No mas. No mas. Tom, have a strawberry, man. Let's start having some ice cream with milk, sugar, toppings. It's time. Put that TB12 book in the closet. When you go out to dinner with the kids, do yourself a favor. Knock back a cheeseburger. Fries, couple beers. When you're at the friendlies, you don't have to ask if they have a special menu for you. Just order straight from the menu. Get the sundae with the cone on top and the eyes with the Reese's pieces. Couple of bags cream. of McDonald's. Couple of bags of McDonald's fries aren't going to kill you. Live a little, man. Why don't you start looking more like you did when you were playing 15 years ago? Fill the face out a little bit. When they do that, Dude. that time stamp of his face and they put the picture as his career goes on and for some reason he just turns into a CGI version of what the perfect Tom Brady would look like but in real life put that in the closet too and look like a person will ya? Do yourself a favor dude large pie half pepperoni, half sausage couple of cold butts now you're killing it. Al knows a place come on down to Sal's we got a hook up there too he could open the door now for you're you. killing it Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. And I'll tell you, after the game ended, the Bills and Chiefs, I thought that there would be a multitude of things to talk about and list and analyze, et cetera. That's just a game that takes your breath away. And you it end up did. having to nitpick what the, I, you end up nitpicking the end 
of what does of what doesn't work for the team to actually lose. That's the only thing you could look at and say, well, this would have been different if they did that. And it's because the team, one team had to lose. And it happened to be the Bills. And here is something I never understand. There's 13 seconds left. So the 25 yard line. And we've seen guys get cute, do things, Rabel, Belichick, the result in rule changes. I am taking four guys. I'm putting two guys on Travis Kelsey, and I'm putting two guys on the water bug. And I'm tackling them at the line of scrimmage. They both can't miss them. I'm grabbing them. I'm holding them. I'm mugging them. Doing everything I can. It's a five-yard penalty. The clock does not go backwards. Once the clock starts, the penalty does not put the time back on the clock. You do that on the first play, they're not catching the ball. He can't throw it to them. He's got to find somebody else. And it's going to be six, seven seconds. And then I do it again. I do it again. It's five yards. What's the big deal? It's like my strategy that nobody ever does when you're up three in a college basketball NBA game. Line everybody up on the three-point line. Zone the three-point line. Circle it with five guys. Cover it with five guys. They throw the ball over your head. Who cares? Don't guard anybody in the box. Don't worry about screen and rolls. Don't worry about pin downs. Guard the line. Never go for a jab step or a fake inside the line. You're you're concerned about the line. You can't lose inside the line. Well, you can't lose if guys are kept in front of you. Tackle them and sit on them. Well, you can't. Why can't I do it? These are grown men. Two guys can't grab the water bug and tackle them and hang on to them. He's right there. He's not so quick to get away from two guys when you grab him right there. And Kelsey, mug him. By the time Mahomes finishes running around, he didn't have another play to get in field goal range. It's a Hail Mary or 70-yard field goal. Or 80-yard, whatever the case may be. Mug them. They'll change the rules next year. Just like when you let teams score to get the ball back quicker. Same, Same thing. Take advantage of the rules. Those two guys cannot be allowed to catch the football in that situation. They cannot be in play. You spend four guys to take them out. That still leaves you with seven. You can rush three. Last time I did the math, that still leaves four more defensive backs. And as I said, as great as Mahomes is, he doesn't have those two guys to throw to. I don't care what kind of coverages you're recognizing. If they're out of the play, good luck. He'll find somebody, maybe. It's going to take him a while. Not going to be that far down the field. It made no sense to me at all. And that's after they did food kick. Slash squib kick to take up three or four seconds. Every sport has this while we watch from our couch where you yell to the TV, you can't let player X beat you. Whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball with an intentional walk. Football is the exact same. You can't let player X beat you. Patrick Mahomes is going to touch the football, so you can't do anything about that. But you got to cover their best two guys, man. If you let the first play happen and somehow you're caught off guard, that let's get it to the fastest guy in football and have him just run real fast and fall. All right, you didn't see that coming. Understandable, I suppose. Then Kelsey goes over to the sideline, and we caught this thankfully, from NFL Films. And he's telling Mahomes, hey, man, I'm not going to run the route that we have planned here. I know where it's going to be open. I'm just going to go do that. And then Mahomes gets to the line and in his cadence says, Kels, do it. Do it. So he doesn't even know where he's going, but he knows he's going to be open. Kelsey just runs straight, makes a little cut to get away from a defender. Mahomes hits him in stride, which he had to do to lead him forward, because if he has to fall backward, you're in trouble for the field goal. Perfect throw, perfect execution. You look up at the clock, and they're frantically calling timeout. Why? You still got three more seconds left. They only needed 10 seconds to move the ball from the 25 into field goal range. Does that surprise me anymore? No. 
not with Patrick Mahomes and this specific offense that has been doing it for years because they could just look at each other and say, I'm going to get open. Just throw it to me. And, and they the, do it. The other thing, let's keep in mind, the guy who got no credit for this, Pat, Andy Reid said to Patrick Mahomes, you know, grim situation be the grim reaper. Patrick Mahomes threw two balls to guys that were so wide open, it's mind-numbing. So, however Andy Reid is drawing this stuff up, he's a genius. His schemes are amazing. Because Kelsey's wide open all the time. How does he get so wide open? Not only is he wide open, it's, oh, there's not even anybody in front of him. And before you know it, he's rumbling for 50-yard touchdowns. It's amazing. He catches the ball. There's nobody in the stream when he catches it. He starts running, and it's like there's a force field around. And nobody get close to him. And obviously, you know, look, as Romo rightfully said, you know, the water bug, it looks like he's playing tag. The way he stops, starts, stops, starts, starts. You can't get a glove on. That's why I'm lining up across the line of scrimmage from him, and I'm even going to line up off sides. I'm even going to line up in the neutral zone. So the play starts. So I get closer to them, and as soon as as soon as the ball snaps, I'm tackling. They'll call it neutral zone infraction. They'll call defensive holding. But the clock's running, and once they're down, I'm laying on them. May not be the best way to win, but you win. Rules allow it. Do it. They'll change the rule next year. Now, there were four. We had a bad weekend. We had an all-time weekend. Why do I have the feeling Lions had a bad weekend? I was just going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Rams are three and a half. I don't think it will be nearly enough. San Francisco comes in. I don't care if they're all Niner fans. There. They come in banged up. Offensive line is hurt. Samuel is hurt. They got out of there with the skin of their teeth. And I think the best thing that could have happened to the Rams did. They routed Arizona and they were blowing Tampa out full of themselves. And then slipped on a banana peel. And their quarterback saved their bacon. So in one game, they accomplished two things. They dominated, and then they came back from the dead. When it looked like they were going to give the game away, their quarterback, their much maligned quarterback, who you didn't know if he could do this, did exactly what nobody seen him do. He bowed his neck. He made the big throws, and he raised his team above the fray and won the game for him. Now, even though they've lost six straight, two more this year, I think they will do more of what they did in San Francisco in the first half of their last meeting. 31-10. All Rams, all day in L.A. At the end of the 49ers game, it seemed like you couldn't go a play without another 49er limping off or holding a shoulder. It was like a battlefield that game to get first downs, to keep the team on the field, to win the game. It's hard to get your body at this point in the season back to where it is in week two. I'm not saying that the injuries are going to impact their star players, but they don't help. They certainly don't help against that Rams defense. I agree with you. I'm glad that they threw the hook in to try and make people think, take a second. Oh, wow. We can get the field goal now, and the hook will save us. Forget the hook. It might save you on 13 and a half. Forget the hook. Maybe the hook will save you on 13 and a half. I'm going 31-10. I will say at least a touchdown, no question. The Rams will advance to the Super Bowl. Normally, we also say here as well, folks, fade accordingly. But if you've been riding the new report, old report train, you're riding it right to the bank. Nine and one. Why do I get ever. a feeling that as we say that, that just completely reversed the fortunes of sooner or later. this weekend will go? Well, sooner or later, it's got to happen. Sooner or later. And then we have, it, it's been seven all week. Joe Cool, he reminds me of Montana. Against, obviously, the great one who now has re-elevated himself to the best quarterback in the game with the postseason performance uh, and the mediocre performance of Mr. Rogers and the death knell, I don't I shouldn't say the death knell, the final game of Tom Brady. I just feel that this is, now remember they went in, in, in last game of the season, they beat him at home in a Donnie Brook. 
I just have the feeling this, and you hear it so many times, and I don't mean for it to be a cliche. I just have the feeling this game is going to be really close or out. No in-between. No no 10, no 12, no 14. No, it, it's either going to be 41-17 Kansas City or it's going to be a shootout and Joe B is going to have a shot with the ball in his hands with a minute to go. I'm going to opt for the latter. I think they'll do a better job protecting Burrow because if they do a worse job, it'll be 60 to three. They must do a better job protecting Burrow. He can't get sacked nine times. He'll get sacked because he always does. But to me, the key in this game is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is still the best every down running back in the postseason. He was the best every down running back going into the postseason. He's still the best every down running back in the postseason. I'm going to get him the ball minimum between running it and catching it 20 times. Joe Mixon must rush for 80-plus yards and have upwards of 125 to 130 yards or more touching the football. If that's the case, Cincinnati will be right there in a last possession game because that will mean play actions working. That will mean he's using him out of the backfield to uh, reduce some of the pressure. I think you can attack the Chiefs that way. And that will open up down the field. In the stunner, Bengals, 37. Chiefs, 31. The Bengals going to the Super Bowl. I'm taking the magic carpet ride with Joe Cool. Forget about the points. I'm riding the Nick Wright unbearable social media accounts train. And the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl. Did you see him on Instagram with the cigar? Oh, yeah. We had to go live right after the game. Walking around the poor neighborhood, subjecting him to the neighbors. Screaming his excitement. Smoking it up. Having a grand old time. Typing in all caps on the old Twitter machine to get his points. I texted him. I texted him. Don't tell me you weren't sweating bullets for 13 seconds. Yeah, surprisingly, the tweets uh, came to a close pretty quick once that fourth quarter came. There wasn't a lot of analysis and little quips. Twitter went a little cold until the end, shockingly enough. And then, of course, this entire week, he's been incredibly, you know, he's taking his arrogance and obnoxious to a new level. Which I said before, as I said to you, and I said you know, to Mike Meltzer, to a level I thought only I could achieve. We're not even out of the woods yet. There's two more games yeah. total. We could have another week like that next week. We don't have enough time to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame voting because we need it again as the final You mean years. the Hall of Shame? The only guy to get in? Positive test? DH? Can't run? Can't feel? Can't throw. Kiss ass. See, we need time. We will table Big that. Sloppy. We'll get into it. Another Folks, time. for my partner, the great John Don Lewis, a.k.a. Alfred White Plains, NFC Championship, AFC Championship. Enjoy your championship weekend. Have a great and safe sports weekend. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.